is a threat in the world today, a threat to our way of living, a threat to our society, and maybe even a threat to our very existence. And what is this threat? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. He is the one. I am. I am the ass. He is. And we are Black and White Sports. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? I'm supposed to be a franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. How am I not compound the best fight in the world? You tell me. Because you're retired? I mean, I want to see your face when you're asking this question, and the way you're going to ask it. Look a man in the eye before you try to kill him or make up something. He went, he went through my soul. And I'm not surprised. What is going on, BW Sports One World? This is Wednesday Night Live, powered by First Financial Bank, 317-417-8582. Call John for all your banking essentials and accessories, Damon. 317-417-8582. And the rock star realtor himself, Mr. Sean Nugent, 317-503-8322. Check him out. Buying or selling a home. Talk to Sean at Talk to Tucker today. 317-503-8322. Damon, it feels like forever that I've seen you, but now you're back in the presence of greatness. What's happening? What's going on? Hey, the last time you seen me, my team was undefeated. Hey, guess what? <laughs> they still are. <laughs> hey, guess what? I'm in first place. <laughs> Sucked, but we're in Nor first place. And so am I. And on Sunday, we're going to help you stay further. I mean, that should be no problem for you guys. We, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We go, hey, you still got to play the game. a problem for us, and it, it, it sure was. I mean, hey, we're, gonna, we're not going to do that. We're going to so play the game. That's why you play the game. Yes, yes, I am. Not gonna do it. <laughs> What's happening? Not man. Just uh, we're fresh back. It's our first show. Well, my first show. Your second back from our awesome business vacation down in That's Daytona, uh, debuting that uh, awesome uh, Speedway indoor tracking or karting down there. You know, um, awesome, awesome facility. Great yes. fun. Great fun. Yes. It was fun. Even though Damon didn't you get into a car. Even though you lost the keys. I did not lose my keys. I misplaced. I actually, I didn't even misplace them. I knew where I set them. I just forgot to grab them again when I set them there. Yes. Did we die? Wow. No. Wow. We didn't die. We're back home. And I want to give a shout out. To all the Allegiant stewardess, uh, flight attendants, or whatever the hell they're called nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> the person, I want to thank you for allowing me to move seats and be able to stretch out on the plane for a comfortable ride. I golf clap you. <laughs> oh boy. All right, let's go. What we got? You know, you know what's going on tonight, Damon? We have a special guest with us tonight. That's right. Let's see. 
I got 30 million things he told me to, to announce him as, so I got to pick the three. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> the host of Draft Vice. Oh, my God. I lost the text. There it is. Host of Draft Vice, Punk Law 101, and co-host of Face Off with Facemeyer with Brenda Facemeyer, which I uh, was on there with him before. Wojo. I watched that. Oh, watched that Welcome. Wojo. How are you guys? Walter Deptouch. Did I say it right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's just floating. <laughs> yes. He's like it's a vortex. Uh, what what number th- who wears number 13 on your team, Damon? The hell if I know. Okay, so that Wojo. Wojo is now a Pittsburgh is... Steeler. <laughs> no, this isn't a Steelers unit. I don't think it's a Steelers shirt. I couldn't be a Steelers fan. I, I would really yo, know, I'd be I would be lambasted till the end of time if I became a Steelers fan. Uh <laughs> That would be a little uh, kind of, uh, what do they call it, blasphemy, being a Browns fan? Yeah, well, uh, Joe Hayden did it, so <laughs> it's like, oh, I was a Joe Hayden fan. It's not even a Joe Hayden number either. I just uh, want to let everybody know that he is loyal enough to allow himself to be known as a Browns fan, folks. Is this I have true? No pro- I have no problem with it. I only know two I- of them now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, you know what? I think they're 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 climbing. The problem is we're in the NF, we're in the AFC North, and uh, there's just two really good teams as well in this division. Honestly, uh, we should Brown should offer get traded to the NFC East, and like we would be like a top team this year. Dude, you would be the team. <laughs> I I'm pretty sure it's close to like I think the Browns almost have as many wins as the, the whole, whole NFC yeah. East. Uh, so. I believe so. I believe so. I'll say this. I I like the direction that Cleveland is trying to go. Um, I I get the idea that they try the experiment of let's build a team solely off analytics. They tried it. It failed miserably. And so they've kind of gotten back into integrating all phases into still playing football. And I like that they have not given up on Baker as quickly as they have other quarterbacks. He is a very talented young man. They just need to fit all the pieces together for some time and let them grow. Um, I think they're doing a phenomenal job at that. But the best thing about Baker Mayfield right now is his damn commercials. They are absolutely (laughs) outstanding. The one with the keys. And then having to go back through the security check every time. Oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> that and the Hulu commercial. The 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 face swap uh, one. Oh my god. Yeah. That one gets me. That one I've said this before. Baker might be the first uh Browns quarterback to be on SNL. Like that 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 he might be on it on SNL before he's in the Super Bowl. Quickly. Yeah, I agree with that. I'll take that. I'll take that uh <laughs> then over. <laughs> well, yeah, in the same division. Um, yeah, I actually liked it the way that they're trending. They actually kind of made a move back towards analytics. So what happened was they, they had a uh, deep Podesta and, um, Sashi Brown. They fired Sashi Brown. They hired, uh, uh, the big man himself. Uh, why is his name? Uh, John Dorsey, uh, uh, my buddy boy. 
And then he kind of left after they wouldn't let him hire his second head coach after he kind of fumbled the whole Kitchens hiring. Then they went ahead and brought in Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry at the same time. Andrew Barry, though, has been with Cleveland in the past. Like he was only using he was with the Eagles last year. And I think he took what he learned from Harry Roseman and said, you know what, we're going to invest in the offensive line, kind of like what the Eagles do. Unfortunately, it didn't pan out this year for the Eagles. Just everybody gets hurt on the Eagles this year. Uh, and that's why the Browns offensive line has probably been pretty good this year. Um, I, I've been pretty happy with how they've turned out. Uh, I think they've, they've been leaning more towards analytics, although they keep running on second and 10. So I don't know if that's true that they're, they've gone away or four second and tens apparently, but they were also running the ball really well for a while. So there's a point where like on analytics, I think it's like, if you're, if you're able to run it for seven yards a pop, then run it right. Like at that point you're completing enough of the, yeah, you're then you're fine. And at, at a certain point when they had Nick Chubb and Wyatt Teller and the offensive line was groovy and the defenses they were playing were not groovy, running it on second and 10 didn't mean anything. Um, I mean, you you kind of got to run it on second and 10 if you throw the ball on first down and you get no yards. I mean, you got to get something positive. <laughs> I, You know, we think that, right? Like you and I, you know, we're, we're watching it. We think that. And apparently the, the – you're more likely to be successful if you throw it again on second down. Uh, as far as what the analytics has shown, depends also on the build of your roster. If you again, like I said before, if you're run, if you can run it for seven yards a pop on second and ten, you're going to run it for seven yards a pop. Like uh, you're you're now being successful. It's all about the success rate of those plays. Most of the time, when you're running it on second and ten, the average team running it on second and 10 if they threw it on first down. A, more teams are keying in on that, right? Like they they know that you threw it on first down, and they kind of know the tendency is you're probably going to run it on second down, so they're going to key in on that, which is why play action works really good. Uh, just run play action all the time. This is why Tannehill is having like that career epic year. Not that Tannehill has not been good, but like that's part of like they've been running a lot more play action with uh, Tannehill and the Titans. Um, when you have a running back like Henry, it makes it very easy to run play action. But if you have a running back like, uh, say, some random guy, <laughs> you know what I mean? That, run, that play fake has to be legitimate. Yes. Well, this is why the San Francisco 49ers do really well. The half their thing is play fakes and screens and play action and throwing it to the running backs, getting run after catch. Uh, you've seen their investment in their receivers, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, uh, guys who can get run after the catch. Uh, and then like their, their running backs are guys who at least have solid vision, who can run the outside zone game. But again, they mix it up in the running game. But part of that is, is that they've, they, they've married the play action. This is basically the whole Shanahan, Stefanski, LaFleur. You're marrying your running game to your passing game. You're making one look like the other, and it makes them both look really good. If you watch the Packers, right, how often do they run out of out of the shotgun? Almost, I don't think I've seen them actually throw out of the shotgun for the first four games of the year. They were always running play action, and Aaron Rodgers would play action. That's just cheating. By the way, <laughs> who thought Aaron Rodgers was dead this year, man? I had him in every fantasy league. I'm happy about that call. I'm just bragging. I just knew Aaron was gonna do something. You ain't man. He wasn't just. He got too much pride. You ain't just great. Just walk me out the door, and I ain't great. Put up a fight. <laughs> I just didn't think they gave him much to use this year. That's I mean, they didn't draft man. They, they totally left him hanging. That's what makes him great. 
And yes. with the defense sucking as bad as they are, that <laughs> makes it even more tremendous of what uh, uh, Aaron is able to do, even though I think that they're closely not making the playoffs, even how good he's playing. Because but you don't think defense. they're making the playoffs? Man, that defense is terrible, dog. <laughs> it, it is, but you got to look at their division. Like they got the Bears. Like uh, I think they'll beat the Bears, and they've been and they have a way better offense. And I think I think off I think Packers offense versus Bears off a defense. I think Packers offense wins. We will see eventually when we see them play each other. But the Bears offense is almost non-existent. Like it's kind of like how are they? They were like what's the saying? The worst five and two team ever. They're they're going to be the worst. They're going to be the worst like fifteen and two uh, fifteen and. No, I got a weird feeling with these Bears. I'm jumping on board with my guy because he had a lot to say about the Bears uh, when we did our preview show. And I'm kind of I'm kind of doing a lot of leaning with him. I know they had some struggles on offense, but shit, who doesn't have struggles throughout the season except for Kansas City on offense? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Pittsburgh, we had our struggles even in the middle of this this um uh, zero loss run. I mean, we had four quarters in a row that we didn't put up no point. I mean, we put up three points. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> it's true. I I think with uh, I I think with the Chicago Bears though, it's like it's endemic to their team. It's Nick. Like, uh, who would you rather have a quarterback, Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky? And it kind of almost feels like I don't have an answer for you. Like Trubisky, you have the athleticism. But he just he kind of James Winston's you like he will do something completely stupid and they'll be losing against a team that has <laughs> he he will do a team he'll be playing against a team that has like the worst defense in the world like the Falcons and then will you'll they'll still be losing and then but even still Nick Foles is not much better right now Nick Foles is passes I mean he looks better than Ben DiNucci who we were talking about before the show, but like, it's only moderately better. Like there's a lot of these passes where he's throwing a screen pass and like Allen Robinson has to jump up to go get it. And I'm like, and it's not like it was like, it was a clear path. It wasn't like he, they're doing a screen pass and they're, they're having the offensive lineman get out in front. He's got to make it over somebody. It was just like straight line. Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson's like, Oh God, it's like 10 feet in the air. How am I getting that? It, <laughs> there's just times when I watch Nick Foles throw and I go, what happened to accuracy? Like I, you were the guy who had like that two interception season. That was just insane. It's like, he gets out of the Eagles as a backup and he just, and I don't think it's a mental thing. It's just that you can build around what he does pretty well. And he'll win you a few games. He's probably the highest end backup you can have. I just don't think he's a long-term starter. There's a reason why the Jacksonville Jaguars couldn't build around him. There's a reason why, even when we watch a lot of these games that like, we feel like Chicago should be winning. Their offense is just kind of so stale. Part of it's also the offensive line. They've had a couple of injuries. Everybody's had injuries. Um, you know, Allen Robinson. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, go to the Eagles. Eagles have had horrible offensive line problems. I think that's kind of led to some Carson Wentz issues that he's kind of starting to see ghosts. I I don't know what's going on with Wentz because Wentz one minute makes some amazing throws. And we'll get to, and then Falgum's become like their their lead guy, and he's played really well for them. And Wentz will extend a play, like when he, they were playing the Steelers, right? He kept it competitive against the Steelers, but then they're playing a team like the Dallas Cowboys, who are basically like forgetting that they're like even have a season. 
Like they've lost like three quarterbacks. They're now down to again, like the guy who slings pastrami down at the Carnegie Deli. You're talking <laughs> before, and, and now they're going to be playing who? Who's Gilbert Grape uh, or Garrett Gilbert or Cooper? <laughs> Cooper Rush, who like sounds like a character from Mario Kart. Like it, they're down to these like random quarterbacks that it's like, and they're still competitive. Like it didn't make any sense, and it's like. I just remember watching, and granted, I was playing against Carson Wentz in a fantasy league that one when they were playing Dallas. So when he had like the three interceptions and two fumbles and Kills just the craziness, I was just like, I was happy because I'm playing against him. I'm like, okay, fine for me, man. I got to win this week. But I'm watching him as a fan of Carson Wentz because I do like Carson Wentz. I think he's a good quarterback. I, 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 I think there's a lot of issues that they've had this year, and he's had to carry that team a lot of the time the last year and a half, two years. And this year he doesn't even have an offensive line. So like Eagles wise, I just feel bad for like Carson Wentz. I feel bad for the Eagles, but now the Eagles are number one anyway because the rest of their division doesn't know what football is. And like I, they hey, forget Giants look good the other night. Giants look good Monday. Giants are starting to show that they will eventually be a team. Now, if Dave Gettleman's involved, I don't know how long. Like Dave Gettleman's kind of been weird. I've had mixed messages and mixed feelings on Dave Gettleman. He'll make some really interesting, cool picks. At the same time, like he has some major head scratchers. I, I think Saquon Barkley, as great of a player as he was, you knew Eli Manning's at the end of his career. I know a lot of people look at a lot of these quarterbacks going like, oh, well, you know, Josh Rosen and, and Sam Darnold were haven't done anything in the NFL now. But that's that's results over process. And my problem is with Dave Gettleman's process. Right. Like he's he's drafted. Now he's got 30 D tackles who are really good. Dalvin Tomlinson, BJ Hill, Leonard Williams. We trade from the Jets from. So like I like a lot of the the defensive linemen. I think the Giants have some pieces. Their corner like James Bradbury was a good pickup. Now, granted, Gettleman has experience with him from the Carolina Panthers. I but I still don't I you know, Daniel Jones, right? The you knew Eli Manning's towards the end of his career the year before, and you can't tell me you thought Daniel Jones as a prospect coming out was better than the guys the year before. Like, I just don't think that that was a real thing. Even if you like Daniel Jones, you still went, all right, who, what, what quarterbacks does he compare to? Maybe Ryan Tannehill. Maybe he becomes an eventual good guy, a uh, good player in the NFL, but he's going to have some, he's still not the guy right now who's going to be an elite player for your team. Well, and huh. that's, that's where you reside at, right? That New New York, New Jersey area, correct? Yes, I I literally live like I think uh, I live about a thirty minute drive from Meadowlands, so I, which is where they play. Uh, I like to go down every Friday or Saturday night to go get halal from the the juicy oh, platters down the block. God, God, I love it! I love it! Oh my God, juicy platters in in Fairlawn, halal guys too. Great place. Been to New York. Go to New York City. I'm literally like a stone throw from New York City too. I like so, this little area. <laughs> what's going on with the Jets? Oh, so I have a lot of Jets fr uh, friends who are fans of the Jets. Um, That's unfortunate. Oh, oh. <laughs> the Browns fan in a league full of Jets fans. That's my fantasy league. It's 90% Jets. There's maybe one Denver Broncos fan. That's my cousin. And then it's everybody else is a Jets fan. And this year for all of them, it's been misery. Um, I think Joe Douglas is the guy to lead them. I do think that. Uh, I've had questions about how they've handled certain things over the past couple, like over the last year and a half. Uh, when you look at the Jamal Adams trade, I don't know if that's all on Joe Douglas or there's something from ownership, right? Like, and then not only that, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in the media right now. Guys who used to cover the team who lost their credentials. Um, so there's a lot of like fighting amongst media people. And like, this is why you're hearing about Quinn and Williams potentially getting traded. He's not getting traded. He was a top 10 pick. 
unless you're trading two first round picks like this, like some other teams have done, like for like, unless you're pulling off a trade like what the Steelers did for Minka Fitzpatrick, which or what the or what the Seattle Seahawks did for the Jamal Adams, you're not getting him for ju- like for nothing. So I don't believe that that was a thing. Uh, but there was just a lot of a lot of people on the outside looking in. I think Adam Gase is just there to lose. I I don't know. I I think he's just there to lose, get them the top overall pick, and then Joe Douglas gets to make his decision on whether he wants to move forward with Sam Darnold and trade that number one overall pick for a host of assets because he's from the Ravens, and the Ravens are... Well, I want to know what Gase has on ownership that he still has a job. So I I think when you look at the end of last year, they looked at that little string of wins that were like, you know, they were they started out so badly. And like honestly, I think the I think the death nail for me, if I was ownership for Adam Gase after one year, was when they when Sam Darnold had co- uh not COVID, when he had the other uh, uh not menopause. Um <laughs> when he was uh, mono. Mono, mono, yes. <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking menopause. Yes, <laughs> Sam Darnold had menopause. Yeah, all right. That's well, a story in itself. That would have been great. That would have been a whole other thing. Like everybody was talking about hey. mono and him making out with like teenagers and uh, and him seeing ghosts. And it's like, no, he's got menopause. Like, oh my god, menopause! He's very young to be getting menopause. And That'll cause you to do some crazy shit. <laughs> no wonder he's seeing ghosts. It's probably right. he's getting the, the night sweats while he's throwing the ball. It's like, God damn it, man. I, can't, I gotta take the stuff off. Hey, that sealed his deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, right. Um, but I think what happened was when he had mono and they, they were playing Luke Falk as like their third string backup, mm-hmm. uh, they weren't even practicing with Luke Falk as their starter. They were having Darnold practice, knowing that he wasn't gonna play, and they were punting games away. And that's kind of ridiculous when you watch how the Detroit Lions played on Thanksgiving last year and they had their third stringer go in and they nearly win the game like on Thanksgiving. Like it was it was or maybe they I don't remember if they won the game or they nearly won the game last year on Thanksgiving. But they had a a third stringer who was competitive and they were using his athleticism. It just shows like a lack of planning on Gase's part. It shows like total inability to prep and game plan from Gase's point of view. I mean, I agree with you on your point because we actually went through it last year. You know, we won games with a duck. Yes. <laughs> you Duck Hodges. By the way, I like him better than Mason Rudolph. I, I got to tell you, I like, at least like the athleticism and the kind of like the duck calls kind of like throws you off the game. But like you said, you guys won with a third string guy and it, it shows that that's a potential for some teams. It's So why is it the Jets who aren't even game planning like they're going to win? They punted the game. They knew they were going to lose. That shows bad mindset from your coaching staff. And if you have it coming from the top, dude, nobody's going to want to play for you. That's why Jamal Adams wasn't even going to give them the time of day when they kept on messing with him on the contract. When And they promised him an, an extension in the offseason. That that's the thing where you kind of start looking at Douglas and you go, is it Douglas or is it ownership or is it, is it the coaching staff? And what it sounded like with the Jamal Adams situation was it was Joe Douglas was going into that offseason thinking he was going to have a bunch of money to spend cash-wise um, and they, they, yeah, they have cap issues, but to be honest, the cap really wasn't going to affect an extension on Jamal Adams. It was cash. It's that real money. The, the stuff that we all really like, it's not the game stuff that we all look on the, the cap over the cap and spot rack, not that stuff, real money. And they, and he went to ownership and ownership said, we're not going to give you a lot of real money this year. You get to play with the monopoly money. 
And um, so signed a couple of guys to like one year deals or low guarantees. Cause what happens is if they say gave uh, Jamal Adams a big extension, like say you paid him as the highest safety in the NFL as an extension, right? Probably a, not that much money, probably like 15 million or less is what you'd be paying Jamal Adams. I know there was a lot of rumors out there. Odds are eventually his extension. If they had done an extension last season with him, it probably would have been in the $15 million range. Uh, but if you guarantee a certain amount of years on that deal, you have to put that in escrow. And I think that was the issue that ownership couldn't handle. They just went, well, we can't do escrow. Like we don't have money for escrow. We, we, we can't do 45 million in escrow. We can't do that. Uh, listen, Joe, you find a bunch of guys who maybe can play offensive line. Uh, don't sign Robbie Anderson, even though he wants to be on the jets Instead, he wants to be there long-term. Just go get a guy like Robbie Anderson, looks like him. Maybe Brashad Perriman, who's never, who was a bust on like three other teams. Showed <laughs> a little bit last year, but he's never been like a true asset. Like no team's going to look at him and be like, okay, this is the, the guy. I, and I like Brashad Perriman. I liked what I saw when he was on the Browns, when he was on the Bucks. The only team that he really didn't play well for was when Joe Flacco was throwing him the ball. That's a shocker now. <laughs> Four years later, Joe Flacco throwing you the ball. Everybody's going like, I think he's causing some people some careers now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, now you start questioning, like, oh, all right, Joe Flacco, not exactly uh, the best quarterback in the world. Eh, <laughs> no, well, the last no longer on the Ravens team was about the same talk. It was like, eh, I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, after that contract, after that contract, it was a done deal for the Flack man. Right. <laughs> Get him out I of here. He was in the right scheme for the right system with what he did. He had Gary Kubiak's uh, play action system, and that that worked for him. Like you have that nice little ability to to bootleg out. That that works for a lot of people. So uh, now they they went towards a different direction, and now Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think there's a lot of hope for the Ravens. I think that was an amazing pick. I've also made a lot of comments about like the Giants. Giants probably could have traded up from the second round and got Lamar Jackson. And imagine having Saquon Barkley and Lamar Jackson on the same team. Just you that alternate actually, universe. You could actually truly run the option. Right? Yes. You would have maybe the scariest offense as far as running game. It wouldn't matter how bad your offensive line is either because that that type of offense makes an offensive line look better. Now, I also, they, they probably would have had to invest in offensive line too. But at least that would have helped, like that that zone read read option offense sometimes actually helps. Also, having a mobile quarterback helps with bad offensive linemen. So right. having Lamar Jackson, having Saquon Barkley, having like that would have been such. Now, granted, you would need to put a coaching staff around him that would that would work that in. He's in a great spot well, with the Ravens. You do wasn't ready for it. <laughs> well, I think it wasn't at the time it was Pat Shermer. It was like uh -huh. that guy. That's never been his offense either. Might be right. I think it was Shermer. I yeah, I think it was Shermer at the time. I, McAdoo, I mean, yeah, that was another weird one. Granted, McAdoo was the one who saw the demise of Eli and was saying, like, let's put in Geno, Geno Smith. I almost said Gene Hackman, which probably would have been just as good. <laughs> Geno Smith, Gene Hackman, they both play quarterback, right? <laughs> right? Geno Smith man. was too busy getting beat up by teammates in the locker room. Yes. <laughs> Well, that was back when he was on. Yeah, that was the, the oh my god. And Fitzpatrick, that was Fitzpatrick's weird year where he was really good again. And then like the the roller coaster that is Fitzpatrick. You kind of got to feel sorry for that guy, man, because he's he's busting his ass. And then the way they did him this time is like ah man, that that's kind of wrong. You know he, a hundred percent sitting there. He was sitting there. It was his team to roll with, and. Eh. 
If he's I mean, winning, uh, if it's broke, don't fix it. I mean, if it's yeah, not broke, don't not fix broke. it. <laughs> well, and, it and, not only that, and they just pitched a shutout. Like they had just won a game in a, like they just shut out a whole a team and they went back to back win games. I think the decision was made two weeks before that. Like, I think they had made that decision before the Jacksonville game, back when they were kind of like everybody was talking about benching Fitzpatrick. And keep in mind, the teams that he beat in that time frame were Jacksonville and and the Jets, which are not considered top elite teams. So I understand their kind of mindset there, which is especially they have the Houston Texans pick. You're going to want to know now, this year, if Tua is your guy. Because if you have the Houston Texans pick, and that ends up being the number one overall pick, that is going to be insane. That That is going to have so much value. Even if it's a number two or three overall pick, the Houston Texans pick is going to be valuable for Miami. And to be able to trade down from that, there's going to be quarterbacks in this draft as well. If Tua is not your guy and you're not able to evaluate him going forward, that's why they stuck him in now, I think. they kind of That was another reason to it. But... Like you're saying before, this was his team. Like Kyle Van Noy was on, I think, Pat McAfee's podcast being like, whoa, oh, oh, Fitz Magic. Like he was, he's like, this is, <laughs> That's a he nice was just deal. going. Yeah. He was like, yo, we are buying in on this guy. Fitzpatrick's our leader. This is our dude. We're going with him. We all believe in him. Two weeks later, Fitzpatrick's on the bench after throwing a shutout. Like it doesn't, it, it does not compute. And I think the, the reason here is, it's short-term versus long-term. Tua is a different kind of cat. You're only going to get more knowledge out of who he is by playing him. Fitzpatrick was always kind of the 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 guy in holding the, the front spot. And you're hoping two years down the line, you're not in a position to draft a quarterback. So you better figure out what you have now. So I, it makes sense. I think I probably would have – I don't know how I would have really went about that, especially given that situation. Um, you know, they're probably competitive enough to make the playoffs this year. But, and they were competitive enough, you know, the game against the Rams, they beat the Rams, not because of Tua, though, because their defense is starting to really gel and show up. Damn that, it, that what defense, did I say at the beginning of the season about Miami's defense? He did. He did. He sang Miami's praises, and I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> those, those signings, Byron Jones, and now you have Xavier Howard on the other side. Rowe has been good. Eric Rowe from the, the Patriots now is like is a, a, a great free safety for them. Um, their defense, like the the front seven, you know, Van Noy, you have Ogba, you have uh, Shaq Lawson. None of those guys are true all stars, but when they play together as a unit, that's it's a very Patriots esque defense. Which uh, who has Flores played with? Oh, the Patriots. So yes, Flores is kind of like become Flores is turning. Flores might be the one guy who really does turn into Patriots South. It, it, and it's kind of shocking that like he was the guy because I don't think anybody, you know, people saw Patricia a few years ago. They, you know, um, McDaniels and O'Brien. O'Brien was successful. O'Brien had his own problems, though. That was just, just could not work with anybody. That guy just, it would be, you know, this GM fired, that GM fired. And eventually the owner just went, fine. You know what? You're the GM now. And it's like, oh, right. <laughs> I'm the GM now. And it was all on him. He did, I don't think he even got a raise out of that, by the way. They just named him the GM. It was just like, Bill O'Brien, you are the weakest. You are now the GM. Now right. it's all on you. <laughs> and then he trades right. away DeAndre Hopkins for a second round pick and David Johnson. That yeah. did it Very right good. there. That uh, did it. 
stupid. Yeah, the Bill O'Brien, the GM, cost Bill O'Brien the head coach's job. Now, that doesn't mean Bill O'Brien couldn't have found somebody else to be his guys, but there was just so much talk about him being like, he was in the negotiating room. He was doing the contract calls. Like he was doing, he was doing jobs that not even Bill, not even uh, Bill Belichick does. Like Bill Belichick's dude, like, dude, he you're stretching yourself Kelly out. Card. He pulled the Chip Kelly card. Yes, that's the other guy who did it. Chip Kelly had the, yeah. the GM thing that that uh, it was Chip Kelly the GM killed Chip Kelly the, the head me, coach. Bent my team over and gave it to him with zero Vaseline. <laughs> and then they had to come in, and then they they went ahead. They got Carson Wentz. They got uh, Doug Peterson. By the way, I I will say this: I think the Eagles will bounce back after this year, it, even if they you know even if it's they make it to the playoffs and it's a one time out or whatever. I think there's just a lot of injuries for the Eagles. I you know, I, and I was I was very high on the Eagles going into this year, so maybe I'm kind of still buying into that. But I like what I've seen from the defense. I think it's probably the best defense, even with the, like the weird linebacker situation, which linebackers around the league are not playing well. So right. it doesn't doesn't even matter. Like the best linebackers in the league, I think there's like three of them that are good, and everybody else is just playing average to below average. So people make a big deal about linebackers. The problem is it's not really a position where there's a lot of really really good ones, and it takes time to develop them. You're better off getting guys for six round picks who are like, okay, we'll see if this guy fits. Doesn't work, or we'll get that guy. Um, Ravens uh, Ravens might have a good one with pa uh, Patrick Queen, but honestly, like he wasn't showing great the first few weeks either. So. It, again, yeah, it, we lost linebacker of the year. <laughs> yes, uh, Bush. We guys, I think you guys trade up for him, right? Yeah, went from yeah, yeah. traded yeah. second and a third round pick for him, and I liked him coming Don't out. Blow. But again, that uh, <laughs> and, and it, I liked him coming out, and his coverage ability was what everybody liked about him. And again, like he he even was still having some struggles. He had some really good games. Didn't have every not every game was great. But that's the, the issue with the position is that it's a one. I was a one guy who's been drafting the, the first round the past few years has been solid when he's played. I mean, Ro Roquan Smith and Reuben Foster have been good. They eventually developed to being good guys. Problem is Reuben Foster came and get on the field half the time. You know, <laughs> either either it's a, an outside the NFL thing where there's some kind of allegation where it's like, dude, stop, stop doing shit. You had like nine times this has happened. Now all of a sudden you're in Washington. What's going on here? <laughs> and then, but then he tears his ACL. He's having a hard time coming back, which happens sometimes with ACLs. We got so used to ACLs being like, oh, look, I just tore my ACL. It's back in like six months, yeah, nine months. Good. You know, ACLs are a really weird thing. Um, you know, we're now seeing guys maybe it takes like more of a year before they come back to full health. We just saw Jamal Charles and Adrian Peterson wreck the league by storm after ACLs, and we just went, ACLs are nothing anymore. Um, but yeah, like linebacker plays kind of weird. But again, like the Eagles defense, like Slay was a really good pickup for them. That D line's really good. The receiving core will eventually develop. I have a, a real belief that that receiving core eventually will be still. Two years now. Three yeah. Years. Well, I think Deshaun Jackson, they honestly, they should have maybe got rid of him in the offseason and found another speedster. Deshaun Jeffrey should have been gone a while ago. Deshaun that Jackson, was a bad God contract. Love. Yeah. God love Deshaun Jackson, but. It is his time to probably hang his jersey up or go to, you know, somewhere that is at high caliber to get him a ring in one year and one and done. But, you know, it's called spade to spade. We shouldn't have kept Jason Peters either. He's an awesome tackle. He's a big body. He's He does his job. 
but he's only in for three or four games and he gets hurt. If that, and then he comes back and then he gets hurt. You see him every game to every other game, walking off the sidelines, limping because it's his foot, his knee, his ankle, something. It's time for him to go. Now, it is time for a little bathroom scrolling, Wojo. We're going to bring in to some bathroom scrolling. We're going to kind of go a little bit quick through them. But we're going to give us some time. This is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. If you go to MyBookie.ag, if you're a betting man, well, Joe, you might want to listen to this. Uh, Go to MyBookie.ag, sign up using promo code BWSports1 for 100% deposit match up to $1,000. Wow. That's right. MyBookie.ag. Bathroom scrolling, baby. Damon, lead us off. Okay, we'll start it off. Um, are you a uh, boxing fan, my good man? Uh, colloquially. So if you probably asked me about certain guys, I probably wouldn't know anything about. I actually do have a friend who is a boxing promoter, though. Um, you do a friend that's a boxing promoter? I have a friend who's a boxing promoter. Oh, He's actually also, yeah, yeah, yes. I know. I, I do. I do a friend. I do a friend. I sometimes speak without words. Sometimes I just leave words out and I let people try to catch up. Oh, hey, you said words. I mean, I totally understand the friends with benefits thing when I was growing up, but man, I don't know. Do each his own. <laughs> but I'm not. I, I I could probably get not a, that guy. Depends on who you're talking about as far as boxing goes. Um, but uh, more of a UFC kind of guy. Okay. In, all right. Why? What's going on with the boxing world? The reason why I asked because it was a really big fight um, over the weekend. You have Floyd Mayweather's uh, protege, Javante Davis. Yes, um, I like that guy. Awesome fight uh, led up. I mean, this is a fight that normally would bring in um, a lot of pay per view money. So you had Javante Davis against Santa Cruz, who is a very excellent boxer, but. Um, he kind of forgot about the short left uppercut. That- it was like this. It was like this. Watch. Uh. Ooh. <laughs> That's exactly somebody, what that looked like. <laughs> hey, somebody texted me and said, hey, did you watch the fight? I said, kind of. He said, did you see the knockout? I said, yes. Yes, said, I did. How'd you get up under the ropes in the corner? That said, <laughs> I remember watching Devontae Davids fights, though. I've seen a couple of them. He he, he had the one time he came in all, all the blue furry stuff. The... Oh, he's Floyd's boy, man. Yeah. I mean, he's a yeah. really good fighter. He might be the next guy in that, that, that Floyd weight class that is pretty much unstoppable. I mean, he's young. He came in the game uh, very highly touted. Um, Olympian, Golden Glover. Uh, Golden Glover. Um you know, the boxing shit. Yeah. <laughs> he's a really, he's a really good young fighter and he's focused and he's one of those guys. He's super fast, but he's super skilled. You know what I mean? And he has one, as you can see, he's got one punch power because it was one punch and it was like, Hey, um, I need to be like trying to get all these belts in my corner because that's what he's he saying is he's already better than Floyd Mayweather because Floyd can never put anybody out. Now that's a little <laughs> lie because on his younger days he probably could do some things like that, but it's been a long time since we've seen Floyd, Floyd Mayweather taking punches. Huh? Floyd, put, Floyd knocked people out by combinations. Multiple combinations throughout rounds. Not a one punch. Mm-hmm. Devontae Davis and this other kid by the name of Shakur Stevenson, 
both of those guys have one punch power. Like, like I can hit you, like you can be smacking me all around and just uh, uh, the fight's over. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Next up, Damon. Next up, um, Jan Carlos Stanton. He does not opt out of his contract with the Yankees, so he is still on – the Yankees are still on the mend, having to pay him $218 million rest of his salary. Wise move by a guy who's been injured the last couple of years. Because if you opt out, you also have to give more money. Yeah. <laughs> this is around your neck of the woods over there, Warren, <laughs> You know, it's funny. I remember growing up, the Yankees were every, everybody talked about the Yankees because they were always like in the World Series like every other year. And every Yankees fan I know is kind of quieted down. And I don't know, like, and I'm guessing it's because they haven't been as successful. <laughs> um, but like they kind of like this year they were they were competitive. They're kind of like the Cowboys of baseball. Yes, like they had that really good string like in the 90s and everybody kind of like they were America's team early 2000s uh -huh. and then like now it's just everybody's like they're looking at the pinstripes the old catch me if you can uh line. Everybody's so busy looking at the pinstripe they kind of go, "Oh, yeah, but they're not they're not who they used to be anymore." And they're just never it doesn't seem like they get back to the they sound like they're about to be back. It's like, "Oh, it's the, the Yankees again, and it's like uh, Jeter being gone. I think was kind of the end of their real, I guess, like star power of like that that old echelon of guys because like that he was kind of the last callback to like that really good string. Um, I, I think Jeter retiring. I, I think Jeter retiring kind of lost a lot of their fandom and people who really paid attention. I still know a lot of people who pay attention. I mean, they won it after Jeter retired. That's precisely yeah. But again, like that was, but having that guy who was in all of those, like through all that time where they were just like this dominant force, like, cause after G retired, there was almost like, kind of like, there was some talks, like they were like, uh, they're, they're not as good as they used to be. There was even a year where like the year where the Mets were competitive and the Yankees weren't, everybody's like, oh, it's all switching now. And then <laughs> that changed immediately. Yeah. That didn't last <laughs> long at all. Yeah, the Mets are and like the, the Mets Browns fans, of baseball. And the Mets fans found out they were still paying Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> Man, that's a smart – that right there is a smart contract, if I do say so myself. Next All right. up, I'll, I'll lead off with this one since this has nothing to do with Brad Doherty. Chase Elliott wins the last chance race to get in the NASCAR championship. Kevin Harvick, after winning, I believe, three races throughout the season – and a lot of top five and top tens is axed from the championship. Wojo, do you know anything roughly about what NASCAR does with their playoff scheme? I do not. I, I probably it could sucks. call a friend or two. I can probably no, have a lot no, of there's no there's friends. no phone a friend. You God can't damn it. phone a friend. Cash uh, can't uh, <laughs> yeah, there's no phone a friend here. Uh, Regis Bowman died and we can't do that anymore. Can, do it, can we pull the audience? Uh, can I get a 50-50? We're gonna have to work on that one. <laughs> we might you know how that last one works. Yeah, we might have to come up with that one. Uh, so I'm not too sure how they do it because it's stupid to me. Um, but yeah, Kevin Harvick won races throughout the season, was high up, top ten uh, finishes all season long. 
gets axed because of the pointing system that they do. Again, I'm not too I'm not too keen on NASCAR per se because I'm more of an open wheel racing fan myself. Um, but I think Kevin Hargett got screwed. I do think that Chase Elliott is is good to be in the championship, but I think they did that for marketing purposes. Damon, what do you think? Damon thinks one thing and one thing only. (laughs) If you want my attention, turn right. Oh, geez. Maybe that's why we got your attention at the go-kart track, because we did lefts and rights. (gasps) And that was fun. (laughs) There you go. All right, so um, Mm, let's mm. see here. We got the new AP rankings for the uh, college top ten. First, real Uh, quick, Wojo, who's your college team? Rutgers, unfortunately. But if we're talking about actually, if we're talking about like competitive teams, (laughs) we're talking competitive teams. I mean, who's you? Oh, wait a minute. Hold on here. I'll let you say that. If If we're talking real competitive teams, I like LSU last year was fun. I kind of college. I'm more of I'll tune in to see who's the more competitive teams. Now, for some uh, reason, I thought I heard oh hot come out of your mouth. And then he's like, oh, shit. Wait a minute. Look behind Damon. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm not overly like, again, like I like college when I just like watching the competitive games in college. Like last year, LSU was fun to watch. Um, Because it changed. Like, yes, other than Alabama games, though, other than Alabama. Uh, Alabama. Well, and the the Clemson game was competitive. Well, yeah, yeah. Like the there were there they were fun. Like LSU was fun to watch last year. Not not this year anymore. Losing uh, Joe Brady and and uh, Joe Burrow Joe and Brady. Clyde edwards alaire all those guys, man. Uh, they still have. Uh, oh no, they don't. Oh, did you march? They, they um. They have they, people. Yeah, they have yeah. people. They have guys. They just don't have everybody anymore. They lost half their offensive line. Ed Orgeron, like again, there was actually questions two years ago if Ed Orgeron was going to be around long term. It just he kind of he made a deal with the devil, had you know made Joe Burrow magical, found Joe Brady to come in. That's how we do it around here. Now, now I'm not going to say it was like a magical move. I think it was a smart move on Mr. Joe Burrow's part because you must not forget that he was at the the devil school in Ohio. So he had to have some type of talent. So, I mean, going down to the SEC and doing those numbers shouldn't have been quite a surprise. And as we see him doing with the Bengals, I mean, man, oh, he's good. Division is going to be tough. And we need a quarterback after Ben. Yes. Wow. Oh, well, that's, that's going to be the question is who's the long-term guy at quarterback eventually after Ben depends on how much time they think they have with him. Right. Uh, like if something quick, cause well, I see if they, if for some reason they win this year, oh, he's done. He's done. That, he's done. I, I kind of agree with that. Right, but, but everybody's looking at duck. Everybody's looking at uh, Maddox, but the guy you need to be really paying attention to is the guy that doesn't even dress. He's the guy that uh, Ben Roethlisberger completely trusts, and that's Joshua Dobbs. Do like him, the volunteers guy, right? Yep. Um, they traded him last year to Jacksonville. He was there, and then all of a sudden, Ben went down. And they're like, "Oh shoot, we probably shouldn't have traded that guy because he probably would have made him even more competitive. They probably would have made it to a playoff last year if they had kept Dobbs. Maybe I don't know. I don't want to make too many assumptions on that. I know they traded him over to to Jacksonville though last year. Um. 
Yeah, I, I think the long-term answer is not on the roster. I, it might be a draft pick. It might be a guy who's currently in the NFL who just isn't starting right now, like a, or a guy who eventually like, will start for them, like a Teddy Bridgewater if Carolina drafts a guy. Um, it might be that they go through a, a small change up. It might be next year they spend a first round pick on a guy and have him sit behind Ben if they, you know, if Ben stays an extra year or two. And he still might, you know, but I do think you're right. I think if, if this team is so competitive that he made it to a Super Bowl, it gives him that walk off moment, like done in the Hall of Fame. Don't anybody talk about me no more. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, maybe a Jameis Winston being there, um, you know Sam Darnold again. If if the Jets are tr- the Jets trade away Sam Darnold, nope. No, you don't buy that one. You don't like nope. that pick. Nope. We'll just go on that Nope. I don't take any of that. Mike Tomlin is smart. The Pittsburgh Steelers are smart. They'll make a good Mike choice. Mike Tomlin is amazing. That's where we go leave it. <laughs> Mike Tomlin might be one of my favorite coaches in the NFL. I love watching his pressers. Like he's just he's excited sometimes. Early week pressers, he's excited. He just gets into it. He's like, this team's really good. Like they've got guys. They're impressive. They know how to play football. Like they're 10 deep at like at the cornerback position. He just he knows it and he'll break it down like that. And he'll know it like he's been watching this team for the last 20 weeks. Like he's he's just that. I love watching Tomlin's pressers. He, he's he, and he last year he proved he is one of the top. If he's not, maybe he's like top three or four head coaches because you have Belichick and Andy Reid in the the league. So you know that third spot he's competing for. And I think if he makes it to a Super Bowl this year, I think you have to stick him in that third spot at minimum. Agreed. He, so you know, um, we get to the the top ten for the AP rankings for college. Mm-hmm. Alabama is quickly closing this gap. Uh, with Clemson, um, I think the gap was shortening before the COVID crisis for Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson football team. But I think with that, I mean, it's effective. It's affected a lot of things. It's affected their votes. It has affected um, their chances to beat Notre Dame this week. It's affected. Mm-hmm. It's a clearly affected his Heisman uh, uh, chances because he's no longer the top guy. I think it's the running back. For Alabama now, who's the top guy? So um, looking at the top ten, you know, you got Clemson, Alabama, OSU, uh, the Fighting Irish, Georgia, Cincinnati, Texas A&M, Florida, BYU, and I don't even know why Wisconsin is even still being mentioned. Well, we already know they're completely out of it so far. I mean, take them out. So far, there is no way that that team's coming back because they have – 27, I think, confirmed uh, tests of a And you got to sit 21 days. So 21 days sit. You have, you, I mean, that's that's a, th- a half of your, well, at least a third of your um, sidelines. Yeah, they're done. They're done. Wisconsin, gone. Penn State, gone. There's only two teams in the Big Ten that can do anything, and it's Ohio State and IU. <laughs> I just had to say that because you're playing them this week. I wouldn't be surprised if they took a second L in the row. Uh, I think you're right, though. What, man? IU, they've, they've played Michigan the past few years. I mean, very close. Very close. And with what Allen's got going on down there in Bloomington, they, uh, 
And it's funny. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna go down there tomorrow. I'm actually gonna be around Bloomington tomorrow. So I'm gonna see if I see or hear of anything going on down there. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a make or break. This is a make or break for. um, This basically is a job game. (laughs) This is Harbaugh's job. I mean, this is this is a job game from Harbaugh. I mean, we got this in our notes down here. I mean, that we just tie it all in together. I mean, this is a this is a um, a job game for Harbaugh. Every game for the rest of this season is a job game for him because for the last six to seven years, us the Michigan fans have waited and waited and waited. But you are one in five against. Michigan State and Ohio State at home. You're one in five. You are 0 in 14. <laughs> in your last two games of the season, you're 0 in 14. You have been blown out in your last two games of the season by a total combined of plus 200. Woo! Come on, man. That's not going to do it at this school. They do needs to play. find a new house in a new city because the Harper's kicking them out. Yeah, I'm not a fan of getting rid of coaches in the middle of a season. I think that's completely bad for the kids. But if I, oh, yeah, especially but college. It, that doesn't even make any sense. But at the end of the year, they really need to figure out how a way to let him find somewhere else to be. I mean, the whole reason why we've been thinking about this is he stayed long enough is – who are you going to get to replace him? You know what I mean? Who's out there? Who's going to be that guy? There is no one. So this is who we stuck with. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. Great. You brought back the fandom. You brought back the energy. You brought back Michigan and Pride, but you have not brought back wins. You have to bring these. Those are called I mean, W. You can lose to Appalachian State, but if you beat Ohio State, it doesn't matter. Mm. It's true. It's true. Why? Why is he? Why has he not been good? Like, why is he not putting guys in the position? Like, we've seen a lot of guys go to the NFL from Michigan. Like, we see that they have high end talent. Why is this kind of going on? Is it? Is it scheme? Is it? Ta- it's not talent for the most part, other than I think quarterback. It's scheme. I think it's one hundred percent scheme. You know, what I mean, you, you, the offense that you're trying to run, you're not being able to do that with three star and four star. Um, four-star recruits. If you want to compete at a national level, and if you want to compete at the high level in the Big Ten with OSU, you're going to have to recruit. You know what I mean? They're getting four-star, five-stars on the regular. You know what I mean? We're getting five-stars talk their junior year, but senior year, they're going down south or they're going um, out west. You know what I mean? you got to recruit, and he's been terrible at recruiting. Put it in perspective. Juwan Howard's come in. He's been in the year. He's been on the – I mean, this is ready to be his second year, and you already have three commits from five-star athletes. Have they been good at getting guys on defense? Like, they have been pretty solid with that. At least, I don't know if they've been high. Their defense has been okay. But, like, not their, their defense itself has not been okay, but the guys they've been putting in there, like, they've been – like, Rashawn Gary – Ended up being like he was a big guy for a bit, but there's just um Chase Winovich, Josh Uche, um Jabril Peppers. They had a lot of guys who have been like, like I think this guy's a closet Michigan fan, Damon. I mean, we put out offensive linemen, but, offense, but their offense has been weird. But their I mean, offense has been. Linemen, their offensive linemen, they we put out are fucking great. 
Ben Bredesen. <laughs> All right, was that the guy last year who? Uh, you know, I mean, we got dudes that are yes. when it comes to quarterbacks, when it comes to wide receivers. You know, I mean, when it comes to well, Donovan Peoples Jones made a big play a couple weeks ago, but I mean, when it comes to receivers, quarterbacks, and running backs, we're putting out shit. Mike Hart might have been the best one in the last ten years, wow. and he lasted what two weeks in the league. And DPJ almost kind of regrets going to Michigan. Like they barely, you know, he he didn't have a very productive time there. He almost went undrafted, and like you know, Browns took a shot at him in the sixth round. And he's been a, an interesting player for them, you know, more as a developmental guy. But again, like he didn't get to develop when he went there. So, and he was kind of the he was a big popped up, you know, recruit kind of guy. Everybody was kind of eager to hear from him, see where he was going to go, and he did nothing there. And like you said, the quarterback situation there's a lot uh, kind of rough. The your the scheme, like uh, maybe you know, you look at Mike Leach is kind of like starting to show, uh, you know, uh, you know, is kind of showing a little bit of, I don't know. I'm kind of like I, I. You see a lot of these teams where it's like you know Georgia, uh, with Todd Munkin now moving over to there. Like you're, you're seeing some competitiveness offensively. If you don't have the mindset, you don't have a a good coordinator. Like again, like Joe Brady when he went to LSU. You need that offensive scheme that's going to work for you, and that that wins you games in college. It's offense. Yeah, like I was talking about defensive players, but if you can't get anything out of your guys, you know, other than Alabama and LSU, who gets known for their defense, like maybe Ohio a little bit. Their corners are really good, um, and, and every once in a while they have a good pass rusher. Like once every two years, they get like a, a big name pass rusher. Well, uh, we already know nobody in the Big Twelve is going to be known for any defense. Yeah, Texas took care of that. <laughs> Texas took care of that uh, when they beat Oklahoma State. So yeah. the Big 12 is out. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I think this year is going to be, you know, even like LSU's guys who you thought were going to be good on defense have not. And again, losing a lot of guys to the draft probably didn't help with them there. I think this is going to be a weird year for defense in the draft. Kind of looking uh... into it. Some I, some interesting I, guys from the SEC. I can see your point. Now, I yeah. mean, with LSU, I think this is just that one rebuilding year because you lost so many people to the draft, lost so many people for set, st- uh, sitting out because of the COVID. Um, Which would be your transition players going right, yeah. from, you know, losing 10 to the draft. You got these couple guys. You know that are draft rated or just not ready yet, but you got these guys here that help that transition. Those transition guys are what hey, I need to sit out and prep for the league. So you got that gap in there that that they're falling into, and this, you know, I mean, yeah, everybody goes through it. They're just they just got hit right away. <laughs> yeah, they yeah they, they there's showed a lot harder than on some other teams. I, I think you know. Uh, Georgia's had that issue in the past, but Georgia will like lose two games and it's a bad time for Georgia. Like, you know, or three, you know, like I was having they lost three games in the last few years. I don't even remember, but they, (laughs) (laughs) Georgia, Georgia seems to be like the two or three in the, in the sec. And then they're, but they're never, they're very rarely ever one. Like they're just like two or three. Right. They're, they're on that, they're on that Notre Dame brink. Like we know, what your history is. We've been waiting for it. You're right here ready, but n- no. Well, speaking of that, Damon, I want to hear Wojo's. This is the last thing I got on the uh, on the top ten in college. Wojo, big game, 730, Saturday night, 
Number one, Clemson, without, yes, asterisk, without Trevor Lawrence, goes to South Bend to play number four, Notre Dame. In South Bend, Clemson is seven-point favorites. Wojo, who are you picking? Uh, that's rough because you don't know that. That like you really haven't gotten to see who how they look without Trevor Lawrence. Well, that, last weekend they looked pretty damn good. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not even going to try to butcher his name because that's even worse than Tua's. <laughs> I <laughs> they did look. He looked good. The team overall, from what you're used to seeing, struggled a little bit, but. I mean, I think that's just part of I guess I lean Clemson if it's a pick but you're talking about plus seven points? Uh, I'll let it's, you do the money line. It's ETN. <laughs> that's the reason why they still have the favorite part of it. Oh, you know, ETN. Notre, yeah. Notre Dame it has struggled at times this year defending the run, mm-hmm. and ETN is probably behind out with the guy from Alabama, probably the two best backs in the country this year. They are electric, and ETN is he can do it from uh, he can do it from the pass catching out the backfield. He can go wide, and he can break that thing up the middle. So um, it's going to be dangerous for Notre Dame. I think the favor to me is in Notre Dame's corner, but I just don't have that belief in Chip Kelly versus Dabo Sweeney. Well, for one, that's not Chip Kelly. Well, Brian <laughs> Kelly, 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 sucky, wucky for one. For two, they're always scare me when they announce that they're going to wear the green jerseys because it's like a curse. I think I think we've only won two out of the last ten times that we've worn those jerseys for three. I'm still saying go Irish, but if they lose this game. They're going to have to rematch them in the ACC championship game, more than likely. They're going to have to win that game. If you're going to pick one to lose, Notre Dame, it better be this one over the one that's the night before the uh, playoff talk. Just saying. Agreed. Just saying. Agreed. Whoa, Joe. Mm -hmm. That was fun, man. I appreciate Definitely. it. Definitely. Uh, we want to hear all your shout outs and all you where you can be found everywhere. Uh, you can find me on all social media pro- platforms at BROJO. Death is in the end of life. Punch, like that delicious drink you drink at parties. Rojo Death Punch. <laughs> it's a great name. Had it for years. Uh, so you can it's find right me anywhere. It's right underneath. Oh my God, it's amazing. On all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you type that into the YouTubes, you might find, find my YouTube page. The YouTube page posts a lot of YouTube videos, uh, short videos, long videos, part of my podcast. Uh, and then I also do, I do three shows. Uh, I do Draft Vice, football show. That's kind of where I got my start doing all the podcasting stuff, right? I kind of mix it in with some comedians that are local comedians in my area, had them come on. We draft some weird stuff. Uh, talk football, get guys on who are comics, local comics who kind of are into football. Uh, and now I, I kind of, and I've done draft stuff. I do fantasy football. 
face off of face mirror, like you said, you were on it uh, over the summer. We did a lot of interviews. Actually, I think that was probably the most I've never really did interviews before that point. That was probably the best I've ever had, like kind of doing interviews. That was kind of fun. Um, now we do pickums on Thursday nights. So uh, tune in. You can call in. You can make your own picks for the week. What time is that? Um, because you can find, tomorrow uh, we got a we got an interview with a concussion doctor. But what time is that show? Because I would love to make my picks for you guys. Uh, uh, it's six o'clock. Uh, call in at six thirty to make the picks if you want to call in live, or you can email them at Brenda's email, okay. which I, I think you're part of her group. So, uh, and then I'm also I do a show called Punk Law One Hundred and One, which is uh, it's actually a legal uh, news and analysis and comedy show. It's me, a friend Should of mine who's also an attorney, guy is a lawyer, Damon. I know it doesn't look like it. <laughs> I look like the guy not who needs Jewish. a lawyer. He's not I, I that's, no, not like Jewish looking, at all. It's kind of like the the lead singer from Disturb. You would never <laughs> look at him thinking he has a major or a uh, or, or uh, a doctorate or something in. Shut up, Damon. In criminal justice, so it's just <laughs> hilarious. Um, but yeah, we break down a lot of the, a lot of times now we're going back to probably Supreme court stuff starting in the next week or two, because they're doing, they're doing hearings, um, right now, uh, this week, you know, I, and I'm not going to jump into all the, the, so I think this week they're, they, they had, uh, I think Amy Coney Barrett's first, uh, hearings that she's been sitting in on. So they, you know, we'll go ahead and talk a little bit about what's been discussed for some of those cases. Those opinions will probably get released towards the end of the year. And then we'll break down what the Supreme court said on them. I also post short videos on the the YouTube about with with kind of more quicker things, and uh, those are like the main three things that I I do for right now during COVID. And I you know I'm also a local local really low end stand up kind of like just trying to get into that, just kind of start making jokes and get near that area. But really, I, I like the podcasting and the video stuff, um, and that's generally the most of the stuff I do right now. But right thanks on. for having me on. I appreciate it. This was very fun. You oh, guys are great. Yeah. We, we would love to invade draft vice one night. Maybe we'll see how that goes. Absolutely. I will. I, I have to figure it out. Um, but I would definitely do it. Uh, if you tell me a time, uh, a good thing is it's pre-recorded, so uh -huh. I could record it anytime for you guys. Um, I have a really weird laptop, so I've been having harder times doing that stuff. I, but I'm at the point where I might be buying a new one anyway, or I can try to finagle it where it will work this time. I've done live streams before. Sometimes it works. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes I'm sitting there talking to myself, and it's just a blank screen for some time, and I'm like, what's going on? Why is nobody talking? I feel I've like very half the time on Wednesday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this has been great, you guys. I really Wait, appreciate you having I me on here. I see what you're doing there. I see what you're doing there. That's not correct. <laughs> he, those are index fingers. Those are index fingers. He's just going like, number one, Michigan number one. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Whoa, Joe, appreciate it, man. It's been fun. Thanks for coming on. Thank Everybody, you. Walter, Depth Touch, Bro Joe, Death Punch on all social media pages. We will see you again soon, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks. You too, man. Thanks, man. Always. Now, oh, Oop. I took the wrong person out. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh. All right. See you later. <laughs> oh, I just messed this all up now because now everybody's used to seeing us the opposite way. Let's throw in some station identification real quick before we do our picks because we definitely. Got to get our picks in. Got to get our picks in. Got to get our picks in. 
What is up, everybody? It's your boy Dan over at BWSports1.com and Black and White Sports. And I'm wondering, if you're ready to buy or sell that home, now's the time, and I got just the person for you. Mr. Sean Nugent, a.k.a. Rockstar Realtor himself. 317-503-8322. Put that home on the market. Get into your dream home with this man. Talk to Sean at Talk to Tucker today, 317-503-8322. And make sure you tell him the boys over at BWSports1.com sent you. What is going on, everybody? It's your boy Dan from Black and White Sports and BWSports1.com. I'm here today to fill you in on a little banking advice. I don't know much, but I know somebody who does. Mr. John Wayne Buzzard at First Financial Bank. 317-417-8582. Call John for all your banking essentials. He's really good at banking. 317-417-8582. Call John today and tell him the boys from BWSports1.com sent you. That's right, folks. Oh, man, hold on. This messes me There we go. It messes me up every time. Mess me up every time. Anytime I do that, mess me up. <laughs> All right. Well, we don't want you messed up, bro. Hey, um, so we got you just want to do our picks or do you want to do um our surprises and all that? I want to do them all. Well, nope. I don't have a problem doing them all. Okay. Start off with yeah. your surprise, Dame. What's your surprise? Who's your um, surprise? My surprise player. Um, I'm gonna go with Drew Locke. With uh, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and a game-winning touchdown for the Broncos. It was. So even though John Elway has the COVID, his quarterback finally does what he wanted him to do from day one and said that he could do three touchdowns, win of the game. I'm going to send a surprise out to Stefan Diggs, younger brother, Trayvon Diggs. Over in Dallas. That's right. He had a hell of a game against us. I know he had one pick. Could have been two. He played a damn good game. Um, I see big things for that guy. All right. So, uh, team, your surprise team. Dolphins. And it was on the defensive and special teams. Three touchdowns from that defense and special team squad. Like I told you at the beginning of the year, a defense is going to win some games for him, and it did. Damon, who you got? Uh, my surprise team, I'm going to go with uh, the Vikings. Yeah, 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 yeah. That with uh, Dalvin Cook uh, with four touchdowns. He's a bad man. They, they play like healthy. them to play. If they keep him healthy, their running game could be something, and it could open up their passing game, obviously. Dalvin Cook's not in the backfield. They got problems. Yes. Okay. Next. <laughs> Disappointing. Disappointing player of the week. Damon, who's your player? All right. Uh, who's your, your 11 players? Yes. My, my defensive disappointment is the whole Green Bay Packers defense. Well, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. They sure didn't show up. <laughs> like oh my god like 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 i feel like i'm like from the valley like how bad like are they like like <laughs> <laughs> i got baker man 
Baker, Baker, Baker. Zero touchdowns, zero anything. I think he had he did have a stat on the INT list, but that offense scored zero points into the end zone. <laughs> Two field goals is all they were able to do against the Raiders. And I picked the Raiders to win the game. Did I send you my parlay, my three team parlay, or did I tell you who I picked? No, you didn't do anything. Uh, I the and I both picked uh, the Cleveland Browns to win that uh, game. Well, I picked Oakland. I picked Miami. And then the third team in my parlay screwed me, and that would be the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Never trusted a lion against a horse. Uh, the only reason I did is because I, because usually, typically, statistically speaking, the Colts are always the best after a bye week. So, oh, uh, you went with the analytics. I did. <laughs> I did. All right. So, um, disappointing teams, sir. Disappointing teams. Fuck. <laughs> In the background, someone I said to you. Oh, I heard it. We won. Not going to be disappointed about that, fucker. Rams and the Titans is my tie for this week. Both uh, flopping. I mean, I did pick I did pick the Dolphins to win that game, but, man. I mean, at least give me a, give me a show. Jared Goff played right into what you've been saying forever. Night weeks. <laughs> yeah. So, um, mine was the Saints and the Titans. Yeah. Uh, the Saints, because they let it go over expectation, <laughs> yeah, our expectation is not what we're getting, you know, uh, from the football team. Is Mike Evans the difference? You know what I mean? Is he really? I don't know. I mean, I guess I know they won, but it doesn't look real. Um, blah, 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 blah. And the Titans, listen, you got your you got your ass. You get, you, I mean, you you snuck one. I mean, you got beat, you know. And then you didn't come back. I expected you to come back and play like, you know, like you were at the beginning of the year. And you know that was like you know Pittsburgh just you know got lucky because of the way the, the coin and all that shit fell down or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But. What are you looking at? I don't know. But um, I felt that we should have got more from them, and we didn't get it. So the Titans is on my list. Gotcha. All right. Last week's games. We're not even going to talk about last week's games. Let's talk about this week's games. Yes. We'll start off with the worst game. Well, I didn't put last week's in because I was trying to condense and combine and I gotcha. It's all right, man. Worst game this week. Who are you picking? Uh, because I think that might actually be. You know what? I'm a little pissed off about your game. Why? I mean, hold on. Just because the Cowboys suck, it's going to be the worst game of the week. I know. You guys are the top team in the league, and they are shit. Only because we're undefeated. I'm not going to be, though. I listen. Okay, but your defense is stout, and you have Baducci. Yeah, I just want you to know. No, I'm sorry. Hold on here. I lied. We got some other people. Huh? We got some other people. Oh, the little dude? Yeah. The little dude over there? No, but listen. Listen. No, no. No, I'm not going to listen. 
you you're gonna beat the dog crap out of that team. And if you don't, I'm gonna give you shit for the next month. Well, I'm gonna expect to get yes. the point. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna expect. I'm Everybody can expect. hear the background peanut gallery. Oh, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Unless you know we're live, baby. We're live, baby. <laughs> no, um, I have the Patriots and the Jets as the worst game. Uh, no, game. no, yes, worst game. I got the Patriots and the Jets. I think that's going to be a good game, folks. Watch out! It's going to be sure. a four-point game. And like I mentioned earlier in our notes that we didn't talk about. But really, did anybody think that even with Camden, New England was going to be good? No, uh, maybe a little bit better than what they are now. But <laughs> did not, I mean, did uh, we were. I mean, did anybody say, "Hey, I feel New England's going to win the NF- the AFC East"? Nope. No. Nope. So yeah, this is a bad game. You got the Jets organization who is in disarray. Who is in turmoil? Jets gonna get a win, baby. Watch it, watch it. Cam gonna lose again. Hey, if Cam loses again, he should retire. If he loses to the Jets, he should retire. Getting close, getting close. Obviously, my worst game: Steelers at Cowboys. Done deal. Next, (laughs) most intriguing game of the week, Damon. I have the Ravens and. The Indianapolis Colts. And because you picked it, I didn't. And I looked at the other game. <laughs> but the other game is kind of intriguing as well. Mm-hmm. But um, I picked the Ravens and the Colts for one because the Ravens coming off that loss to Pittsburgh. Um, they have a lot to prove, a lot of uh, questions that are being asked on their offensive side of the ball. And the Colts are coming off two back-to-back victories and one where they put up a whole lot of points where they're trying trying to silence the echoes of true fans in the neighborhoods. They're saying, hashtag Jacoby. I don't care what Philip does. I'm still team Jacoby. Well, you go ahead and stick there. Most intriguing game. Dolphins at Cardinals. Two teams that are up and coming teams in their right in their own rights. One has a fantabulous offense that's put together now. The other has an amazing defensive backfield. Can't really say the whole defense, but you see what it just did to the the one of the quote unquote elite. NFC teams last weekend, um, and I, I use that very loosely in my opinion because I think you know they're overrated, but that is what Who? the Rams. Oh yeah, who said they were elite? I mean, that's what people's talked about the past couple of years, and obviously not this year. But one year, the year they made the Super Bowl, and the year no, after no, that, no, 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 no. Anyway, <laughs> what do you got for the best game, Damon? Best game, I have Seahawks and Bills. What do I have? <laughs> you got Bears and Titans. Oh, yeah, Bears and Titans, both coming off a loss. Both still hungry, both still eager, both need this win. That's going to be a good game. Khalil Mack in the middle, Henry coming through the middle. I, say, I see, I see 
the train, the choo-choo train, blaring right over Khalil Mack into no. the end zone. Tennessee wins, baby. You bet no. your ass. No. You I bet feel, your I ass. Feel, I feel that Khalil Mack gets double teamed, and Derek Henry goes to where the double team was not, and the Titans win. <laughs> Either way. Titans win. Angel, you'll be proud of us. We're both picking your team. (laughs) 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 I really want to pick the Bears. I don't think they got it, man. I think it's the time where the Bears start doing this little. But you had the Bears. Oh, I didn't. No, I didn't. I had the Bears. Matter of fact, asshole. <laughs> Hold on here. Is this that? He's got the sheet. Uh, yeah, I still got him right here in my office. Hold on. Yeah. No, I did. I had them second at seven and nine. But my Philly pick at 10 and 6 ain't doing too well. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm just, I just happened to look at it. You know, this is – okay, so I got Seattle on top. I got Green Bay on top. I don't know what the hell I was thinking about putting Carolina on. No, no, no. I just did, I wrote those wrong. I had New Orleans on top of Tampa Bay. I had Philly and Dallas. So, yeah. Well, I got him out. Let me see what I do with the AFC. Huh. Colts, yep. Steelers, yep. Chiefs, yep. Bills, yep. Damn, I'm good. That's that's straight from the ass tonight, brother. That's straight from the ass. Dan's picks are not doing too bad. Do we have a one thought tonight? <laughs> The one thought is, I'm gonna take it away from sports. I'm gonna take my one thought. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it away from sports a little bit. Oh God! Through all the madness in the world, take time to enjoy what's real with real to you. I like that. I like that. That's it. That's why Damon (laughs) texts me during the day. <laughs> that guy right there is the one. This guy right here is the show end. notes. <laughs> yes, together it's been Wednesday Night Live, brother. That's right. BWSports1.com. And it was been power. I was, I seen some flash come out of the corner of my eye. Now it threw me off a little bit. Power, ukulele girl. The ukulele girl. She is widely known now across the BW Sports One world as the Pew Pew Girl and the Ukulele Girl. That's right. And we have been powered by First Financial Bank. 317-417-8582. Call John tomorrow. Not today because he's closed. Call him tomorrow for all your banking essentials and accessories. 317-417-8582. And the rock star realtor, Mr. Sean Nugent. What are you doing? The Sean Nugent. Buying or selling a home. Talk to Sean and talk to Tucker today. 317-503-8322. Damon. What do we do? 
We try to keep Indy sporty with a little bit of the truffle shuffle. Pew, pew. Yes. I, I think he threw everybody off with the truffle shuffle. Yeah. Woo! 